Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast, the special People Buy From People series. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. And this book would not have been really what it needed to be, what it, what it could have been, should have been, without this guy right here. Longtime friend, author of the book, Seven Ways to More, a leadership development expert, a mentor, and a dear friend, Brian Willett joins me on this episode. Brian was actually in episode three or four that we did of the Intentional Encourager podcast. And now Brian's back and joins me today here on this special episode, the People Buy From People series. Brian, man, how's it going today? Oh, it's going fantastic. Thanks for uh, asking me to join you here, man. You know, obviously I endorsed the book. So, and, uh, you know, was with you, you know, through the journey of it. So uh, I know firsthand obviously the the effort and you know the trials and the challenges you know to put a book together so you know kudos to you for getting it done well and you and I talked a lot through the process we talked a lot about why we're doing this and I wanted you to talk specifically about motivation that's what you're outstanding at and and you were motivating me behind the scenes when we would talk about once a month, you were intentional in saying, hey, where are you at in the book? What are you doing? How's it coming along? What did you learn when you wrote your first book about staying motivated to the process of writing that book? Oh, man. Gosh. Well, you know, I've learned a lot since writing that book. Uh, and, and funny enough, Brian, I'm actually coaching somebody uh someone we both know chase on getting his first book done and uh and and when i say coaching you know it comes back to you know motivation right because you know the thing about a book is nobody's forcing you to do it right no one there's no one that's going to say brian you got to get this done it's up to you to do it. There's no deadline. Uh, no one's going to come in and, you know, dock your pay if you don't. And so it takes the utmost motivation. And I think where the motivation comes from, and, and, and I'll speak for me, but I, I think this is for you too, is we know we have something of value to say, and we want to say it um, in a way that resonates with people, right? And, um, and so it always comes back to that, I think. It always comes back to we, we know we have something of value to share with others, and, and we hope to share that in the, you know, the pages of the book. Uh, you know, to get more technical, you know, you just got to create a goal. You know, I mean, I was, you know, I wanted to get to 10,000 words. I wanted to get to 40,000 words. I wanted to get to 50,000 words. And what I learned uh, now that I'm on the other side of that, removed, you know, now, I don't know, five or six years from that. I don't even know if that was the best way to do it, Brian. <laughs> well, and, and I'm writing that down. 
creating a goal and not knowing if it was the right strategy, because I'll tell you this, I wrote a lot of my book in Mexican restaurants and on airplanes and in hotels and just trying wherever I could. And Brian, I, I've shared this before and I'll share this with you here now. My biggest motivation for finishing the book was kicking myself in the rear end starting 2020 and going, if you don't finish this book, don't ever talk about it again. Because I'd been telling people I'm working on my book, I'm working on my book, I'm working on my book. Instead of having something completed in my hand, yeah, I was always working on it. Well, I'm working on this or I'm working on, and, and that's, you know, the, that's motivation. Here's what I found. And forgive me for a long-winded question, but here's what I found. <laughs> I found that was actually motivation for me to procrastinate rather than get it done. Because internally, I was telling myself, well, you're working on it, but nothing was getting completed. Talk about the difference in the motivation of procrastination and the motivation of completion. Yeah, well, when you say the motivation of procrastination, I, I want to take it a step further and, and say it was becoming an embarrassment, wasn't it? Um, it becomes embarrassing. And, you know, our ego um, doesn't want to be embarrassed. And so I think in your case, by telling, continuing to tell people I'm working on it, I'm working on it, doesn't that procrastination, you know, turn into embarrassment? And then you're like, I have to get it done, which well, is beat okay. Up, it's, it, beat up. It sounds sexy. It sounds sexy to say, I'm writing a book. And then people yeah. just go, ooh, ah, oh, yeah. look at look wow. at you. Yeah. 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 You know, look look how great you are. And really what it was, and I mean to interrupt you, but it was just a failure to launch, failure to implement, failure to write, failure to to put it out there. Because I knew I wanted to do it. And, I, and it, but, but it was like, it was sexy to say, oh yeah, I, I'm working on a book. Like it was chic, like, like, like it's an invitation to like this secret club that, that a lot of people around you are not privy to. Yeah. Right? And that's where, that's what I meant by the, by the, the motivation of procrastination, because I thought at times of like, well, as long as I'm saying I'm working on a book, that's good enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it goes back to our days uh, recruiting students, right? How often do they say, oh, I've applied to a school, right? But they haven't done anything else. Yeah. But they can tell their counselor, hey, I've applied. And that gets, that gets the counselor off their back, doesn't it? Yeah, or it gets 100%. their friends off their back or their parents off their back. I've applied. And, you know, from application to you know, sitting in class, my gosh, a lot has to happen. Same way with a book from saying, Hey, I'm working on a book to finish product, man, a lot's got to happen. Doesn't it? Uh, well, I love what you were talking about application. Okay. Because application, there are times that we're motivated to do the work, but we're not necessarily motivated to apply the right tactics to the work. We're not, you know, and it's like, 
you, you know, it, it's like we could lead a student down the path. But what was the one thing that we always had trouble with some students with was not following the process. Sure. Kind of, you know, kind of, you know, we, we, we would say, okay, this is what you need to do. And then they would go, well, I heard something over here or, or I saw something on the internet and they were kind of chasing this, this rabbit a little bit. I want to go here before we take a quick break. I'm going to go here with you for just a minute. What was it when you were writing your book that kept you from deviating from the rabbit holes that are invariable or inevitable, rather, I should say, of, of that process? What kept you really laser focused on straight and narrow? Yeah, I guess, you know, I was thinking about where, where my future was, right? I mean, it goes back to goals and, you know, a lot of, you know, motivation comes from the goals you set for, your, for yourself, right? And at that time, my goal was to, you know, kind of move into a different space that that book would help me you know, gain some credibility, a lot of significant credibility. And so I wasn't in that space just yet, but I knew that's where I was going. And that book would, would help me, you know, in, during that transition from where I was and, you know, into that new, into that new thing. So, you know, that was the motivator. Yeah, I love that. Let's step aside, take a break. When we come back, I want to talk to Brian a little bit more about demotivators. And we're talking about motivation and people buying motivation. But there are certain things that people do that demotivate connection and communication. My dear friend, Brian Willett, my special guest today on a special edition of the Intentional Encourager podcast, the People Buy From People series, back in just a moment. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now, what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you, as a business owner, can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. Brian, when we talk about connection, and, and the reason that, that I wrote people by motivation is that there are people in life that we want to connect with. There are people in life that are like, man, I, you admire them. And we were talking about that with students, right? We wanted to connect with these kids. We wanted to connect with their parents because we wanted to lead them into a positive buying decision that ultimately they would choose our product. And let's be, and let's be honest in higher education, what we were serving, it was a product. The product was a college education. Sure. You need it. We've got it. We can do it. All, so, school, all schools are tuition dependent. 
<laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, all colleges are tuition dependent. Yeah. And, and, and listen, you, you don't really understand that concept no. until you're either in it or you're about to face it as a parent. So yeah, yeah, I love that. But let's talk about that for just a second. When you look back at your days in leadership and motivation and things like that, what was the one thing that, what was the one skill that you always used to motivate your teams to get them to buy in to the process that you were trying to implement? Yeah, I think the number one thing is including, you know, when it comes from a leadership standpoint, it's including the team into the vision, right? I mean, uh, as a leader, you can articulate where we want to go, but when you're in that leadership position, you got however many people on your team that have to buy into it as well. And you can't just assume because you got this grand vision that they're all bought into it. You have to get them involved in, you know, in it. How are they a part of us, uh, accomplishing this bigger thing? Brian, I got to, I got to jump in here though. Let me ask you this. How do you connect and convey what you see in your head to other people so that they can go arm in arm with you instead of you reaching out to pull them to the vision. Am I making sense there? It's, it's, you know, because I said this to, to somebody the other day, we were talking about sales. And I said, the biggest thing that, that I think salespeople have forgotten is how to walk shoulder to shoulder with their customer instead of pulling them to a buying decision, sure. walking arm in arm with them. How do you, how did you bring people to walk shoulder to shoulder with you in seeing, because when we're walking shoulder to shoulder together, we see the same things, right? Because we're, we're looking in the same direction. How did you use motivation to connect your vision so everyone saw it as you did? Right, right, right. Well, again, I, I, again, for them to connect with it, they have to see themselves in it, right? And, you know, whether it's, whether it's selling a product or leading, you know, leading people, um, we got to approach it the same way, which is we got to get that person involved in the solution and how they can benefit from it. And in leadership, we have to get that individual to buy into the grander vision, their piece of it, and how they benefit from it. And when you can articulate that, Right. And when you're putting up a bunch of wins and accomplishing goals and things like that, then, you know, in a work standpoint, hopefully, you know, some um, some awards and, you know, different things, money, incentives, you name it, come from that. Yeah. Um, and I think you just got to get the people involved in it, you know. Um, That's what I just wrote down. I, I, I made a note from what you said motivating through the mutual benefit yeah you know there, there there is a component of connection that a lot of people don't understand is is that connection should always be mutually beneficial you know i, I i'm gonna hit and again brian i said this the other day and i, I want to bring you into this this conversation too i said you know we've forgotten what true connection looks like because to, to many people today, it is a connection request on LinkedIn. It's an ad friend on Facebook. It's a follow on Twitter or Instagram. 
And it's so simple to quote unquote connect with other people because we're looking at the benefit of ourselves. I want to be connected to that person. We forget about the mutual benefits. Speak to the mutual beneficiary. I didn't say that right. Speak to the mutual benefit of leader and team together connecting through motivation. Yeah, again, it's, it's, you know, depending on the organization, you know, the leader and, you know, above that individual, you know, has this, you know, this vision, you know, of where we need to go. I mean, it could be, you know, it's based off a budget, right? I mean, it's, we have to hit X. um, And when we hit X, you know, um, we all get raises, we all get promotions, you name it. Um, And so some people on the team may not necessarily be motivated by that, you know, and I can remember, I'll just give a a quick example of, I had two team uh, members on my team and one was more motivated by accolades, um, acknowledgement, you name it, right? And I tried to use that same approach with this other individual. And the, uh, the, it was a lesson for me that the other individual said, I don't care about that. You know, I want this or that. I can't remember specifically, but, you know, it was an eye-opening moment for me that I learned, you know, that leadership lesson that, not everybody's motivated by the same thing. And so, again, just like, uh, you know, in sales, right? I mean, not everyone's motivated to buy your product for the same reasons. And we have to ask enough questions, dig deep enough and figure out what that motivation is, you know? Um, and then, you know, what happens, Brian, and you talked a lot about this in your book, is momentum. And, you know, John Maxwell talks about Big Mo all the time. And you talked about it in your book, momentum. Once we get the, you know, the thing moving in the right direction, and we had a lot of momentum when we worked together for about a two or three year period. Um, and so, you know, it's really easy for a leader to kind of, you know, got it, right? Now you're just kind of, you know, you get it up the hill, so to speak, right? You're trying to position it, leverage it, get it up the hill. But once it comes down the other side, it's coming down easier you're just kind of guiding it down that hill, right? And you're not having to push too hard. And uh, momentum is, is huge. And, you know, you talked a lot about it in your book. Well, and again, I, I think I really figured out and learned when we were together the power of, of people buying motivation because it was always palpable with our group. We never had to turn it on or turn it off with our group because – What we did so well, the reason I think we bought into motivation as a group was we were always buying into motivating each other with encouragement, with with expertise, with, with ways to do things differently. We were all talking to each other throughout the week, checking in on each other. Yeah. And I think that's the big reason why our team was so good is because we were just we were just really bought in to the motivation of you got to win i'm going to get a win tomorrow i'm you're going to be just as happy for me as i am for you right now we bought that and it did it led to great momentum because everybody was walking arm in arm connected together 
instead of going, well, that person's out in front. I feel like I got to chase that person. We never sure. had to chase each other and, and, and do it that way, Brian. It was just a beautiful time. And, and before we take a break, let me, let me go here for just a second. Was it hard to keep people motivated on that team? Or for you, was it, what, what did you, when you look back to that time we were together, how hard was it to keep people motivated? You know, I don't think it was hard because of, of something you just mentioned. Uh, when you have a great team put together, um, as a leader, you don't have to do all the heavy lifting, right? And as you mentioned, each person reaching out to each other and things like that helps. And so, um, now sure, you have to do it every now and then, right? Your job is to, you know, in management is to, you know, not to demotivate, right? Don't mess it up. Um, and so create the, you know, hire the right people, create the right environment. And then, um, you know, I think motivation will happen, right? Um, and, you know, I know you want to take a break here, but the other big thing, you know, when the goals are clear, motivation occurs, right? Happens. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. often when people say I'm not motivated, I say, well, your goals are not clear then. Yeah. Um, because if you know what you're working towards, you'll get motivated for it. Man, that's excellent. That's a great point. Let's step aside, take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about Brian's personal motivation journey. He's got a powerful motivation journey. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted him to be a part of this book, because he can really speak to the power of motivation. My special guest, my dear friend, Brian Willett, joining me on this special edition of the Intentional Encourager podcast, the People Buy From People series, back in a moment. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton. want to tell you about my new book, People Buy From People, 10 Powerful People Lessons from the Ultimate People Person, my dad. My dad was one of the greatest connectors that I ever knew, and he shared with me 10 connecting principles that I have used throughout my 25-year sales and sales management, customer engagement, and leadership career that I'm passing along to you. If you want to be a stronger deeper and more powerful connector. You've got to pick up a copy of People Buy From People. There are concepts in there that you may not realize help make you a power connector. You can go to Amazon and pick it up, Kindle if you're an e-reader and you like to do it that way, or now available on Audible. And there's one other way you can get a copy of People Buy From People. You can get one from me and I'll sign it for you. You go to intentionalmediaandpublishing at gmail.com and send me an email and I'll share with you the link on how you can get a signed copy. You can buy a signed copy directly from me. Again, people buy from people. If you want to connect like never before, pick up your copy today of people buy from people. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Brian, you had an epiphany probably 10, 11 years ago, maybe a little bit later than that. But really your motivation to transform your life started in your late teens and early 20s. Take me to that aha moment for you in your life 
where you said something has to change in me and I've got to start doing things differently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would just take it back to probably my brother's death. Um, you know, he was 22 and, uh, I was 20, he died in a car accident. Uh, but up until that time, you know, I was the middle kid kind of, you know, typical, you know, um, you know, pecking order, I guess, you know, uh, they always say we're a little wilder, you know, we break more rules, I guess, you know, the, the firstborn is, is a little more, uh, coddle the more mature the second one comes along the third one you know throw everything out the door i guess but um see i always thought that so, being a firstborn man i always thought the pressure was on me rather than it was my two sisters because you know it was like well you were the firstborn you know and then and then the baby just kind of like you know the coddling thing man i, I always i don't know i just kind of felt the pressure was on me at times you know but but i see what you're saying about being the middle kid and let me ask you this. And so is what you're, you're alluding to is, you know, two things happened, I, you know, in my head. And I don't know if I've ever shared this publicly, but I'm like, man, I got to live my life to the fullest because my brother didn't get to. Right. Um, and, you know, that was in me. Uh, and then, the, you know, I'm blessed, you know, uh, the second piece is, I'm like, well, I kind of got to step into that, maybe that that role a little bit. I got to be more mature, right? Because that void is there now. Um, and, and whatever that means, I mean, I think that's all in your own head. But um, I think there's, you know, something psychologically there uh, that was happening to me, you know. And then I had a second epiphany, you know, when I, when I got into my 30s and thir early 30s. Talk about that because... The first journey that I was talking about and knowing your story was you you were working in a manufacturing plant, just kind of taking the typical high school, then, then getting a job and things like that. You had never really had much aspiration to do anything with a college degree or something like that. Take me through that motivation first and then because it all kind of correlates together to the yeah. second epiphany you had. Well, I, I mean, I, I think I may share this in my book. Uh, that is, you know, I went to a, a Christmas party and, you know, I flew. It was the first time I'd ever flown, by the way. And so I'm, I don't know, 22 maybe. And I flew to Chicago and uh, which was an experience, right? Never done that before. And I attend this Christmas party and uh, I'm sitting there that night at the Christmas party and I'm surrounded around all of these professional people, people that, you know, own their own businesses, people that are, you know, professional level people. I don't, I don't know how to say it. And, um, you know, I walked away from that weekend and I said, man, I can, why am I not thinking this way or doing these things? And, you know, it really you know, it comes back to, you know, who you surround yourself is either going to help you grow or, or help you stay put. And so, you know, I was in that manufacturing environment and, you know, we thought a certain way, right? We thought, you know, how can I get better hours? How can I get uh, more on the hour? 
and uh, being around those folks and then ultimately being around other folks, you just think differently. You think bigger. I don't know how else to say it. The epiphany that you had the second time around really was transformative. And you had to really do some things to buy into that motivation of taking that next step. You had, you had climbed to a certain level, but you weren't satisfied. Take me through the motivation in that second epiphany, that moment of now it's time to go to even the next level in my life. Yeah, I mean, in that moment, it was really, um, you know, am I equipped, right? And, and so for me at that time, it really, um, you know, it said, I, I said, I got to go and get some more education, right? Uh, and, and really that's been the, I think that's the one thing that's kind of stayed consistent through all of my evolutions, if you will, is for me to evolve, I had to go get some further education. Um, and what I mean by that, in that case, it was formal education, uh, that led to being around a different set of people that led to more education. And again, the more... <laughs> I think the more you learn, the more you, 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 you know, the more you learn that you don't know everything and it, and it kind of fuels that curiosity, which I think you got to have anyway, if you want to accomplish anything, you got to be naturally curious like you are, you're a naturally curious type of person, which, uh, is part of the reason why you're such a great interviewer and, you know, have this podcast is, you know, what to ask because you're curious about knowing well, it, it, you know, Brian, the thing about it is, is that I always feel like there's more to the story. Mm -hmm. I always feel like there's a deeper place to go. And I want to take the audience to that deeper place because the motivation there is, is people connect deeper in a lot of deeper ways. And here's what I mean by that you have a surface connection and then there's something about that person. You say, I want to get them to know them better. And so then you go deeper and then there's something else. I want to go deeper. And that's why I, that's why I wrote people buy from people because the depths of connection that you can take and you can be motivated to take it's, it's a two way street because as you take a connection deeper, the other person is going to be motivated to take that connection deeper with you. People want to connect on a deep level. You know, people are, I think even with social media, and forgive me for kind of hijacking this here, but I think even with social media, people want more. They want deeper. They want powerful. They want stronger. Sure. And, and so let me ask you this. Now as you, you are in your 40s and you think back to that time, what would you have told yourself in your middle 30s if you could step back what would you tell yourself about staying motivated and buying into motivation hmm. you know that's a you know that's a hard one um did you think i was going to throw you softballs <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna throw it up there and you're you're just gonna dunk it you know you're just gonna jam it home man well, you know, again, I, I think, you know, motivation comes from, you know, your goals that you set, right? Um, and you know this, I've been pretty intentional, you know, the last 
12 years of my life of, of writing very specific goals, whether it's writing a book or, you know, buying real estate or, you know, making a certain income or accomplishing a certain health goal, you name it, right? Um, I guess the thing I would have done is, A, I would have made them bigger. B, I would have taken the time out of the time that it took uh, to accomplish some of them. Um, you know, I can just, you know, the one example I can give you is, you know, I wrote, you know, I write the same goals down every day. They're kind of big, bigger overarching goals. All right. They're kind of what is guiding me right now. And, um, when I started this was probably about five years ago, maybe four years ago. I have to look, I, I just recently looked, but one of the goals that popped up, um, was buying multifamily real estate, right? Instead of single family residences. Well, it took me about two and a half years before I pulled the trigger on the first one. Now it could, you know, there's a lot of factors into that, but there's some things I could have done to change that speed, right? I could have done it much quicker, uh, but I kept telling myself I couldn't. Right. And uh, I put the limitations on it and there was a way I could have done it, but we, we tend to talk ourselves out of it. Um, and it kind of goes back to the book thing, right? You know, maybe that goal, I was writing it down and I felt good about it, but you know, without any action, it doesn't mean anything. You know, it's kind of like the book, right? You could say, Hey, I'm writing a book, but with, you know, how long do you do that? You know? And, yeah. and, um, you know, and, you know, the multi, the multiple apartments I did buy, you know, I was about to you know, kind of pull the, tr um, you know, kind of pull back on it. And it was really my wife that said, no, this, you know, you know what you're doing, just do it. And so, you know, here we are. <laughs> yeah. I love that, man. I love that. Leave us with your biggest piece of intentional encouragement around motivation. Um, decide, decide what you want, you know, decide what you want out of life, you know, and it could be things, it could be relationships, it could be, you know, money, you know, when I say money, I mean, you know, security, it could be freedom, whatever it is, uh, decide what it is and don't put any limitations on it. Um, think big as you can possibly big and then write them down and figure out how to get there. Uh, but use whatever that big thing is as a, as that North star that's going to pull you towards it. Um, and that's how you stay motivated. Man, I love that. Remind folks where they can find you, connect with you, where you hang out on social media platforms. I know people are, are going to want to connect with you. Yeah. The easiest way is just to go to my website. Um, and you can get me at brianwillettgroup.com. Uh, and so uh, if you go to brianwillettgroup.com, you know, there's a bunch of stuff around what we talked about today, blogs, leadership. Uh, I think you can connect to a YouTube channel. You know, there's just a lot of information there. That is, that is Brian Willett Group, B-R-I-A-N-W-I-L-L-E-T-T-G-R-O-U-P, Brian Willett Group.com. Yep. 
B-Dub, man, you're the best. I, I appreciate your friendship, uh, being a steady friend all these years, endorsing the book. Man, it wouldn't have been the same without you. And thank you for joining me today on this special edition of the Intentional Encourager podcast. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.